Good morning, friends. This is the fourth and final Sunday in Advent, and today we draw to a close a brief message series that I've called The Gospel According to Christmas. Each and every week we've taken a look at a particular person in the Christmas story. Today we'll look at Simeon, and we'll talk about the inescapable Jesus. You can read this in Luke chapter 2, verses 25 to 35. Now I'm wondering as we begin, how many of you have ever ordered anything from Amazon? I know I have. I ordered a lot of books from them, amongst other things. And when you stop and think about it, Amazon is really a pretty amazing company. You can pretty much count on good prices and good service from them anytime, day or night. One of the things that makes Amazon different from many other American companies is that from the beginning, their founder and president, Jeff Bezos, has said, we're in this for the long haul. They don't make decisions based on what will yield the best return in the next quarter. They make decisions based on what will yield an even greater return in the next 10 years. That's a problem that many American companies have. They're always looking about two to three months down the road. Amazon is always looking 10 years down the road. If you want to be successful in business or as an investor, you need to learn to do this. It means you'll spend much of your life waiting, but in the long run, it will be worth it. Today, we're going to look at a guy who did this in relationship to his spiritual life. His name is Simeon. He was a righteous, devout man who spent his entire life eagerly waiting for God to send the Messiah to redeem Israel. I think the really cool thing is that the Holy Spirit had promised Simeon that he would not die until he had seen the Christ face to face. Now, I've often wondered, did Simeon expect the Christ to show up as a baby? Now, I don't know, but probably not. He's probably expecting to meet a grown man who is part rabbi, part prophet, maybe part political leader, since that's what most first century Jews expected the Messiah to be. But the promise was fulfilled in Simeon's life when the Holy Spirit led him to go to the temple in Jerusalem on the same day that Mary and Joseph had come with Jesus to participate in a special sacrifice required for firstborn sons. And when he saw Jesus, something stirred in his spirit, and he knew right away that this little child was the fulfillment of God's promise. Simeon took the little boy in his arms and gave praise to God, saying in Luke 2, 29 and 30. Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation. It was then that Simeon prophesied about this child in his arms, and his words tell us so much about Jesus, about who he is and why he came, and how we must respond. There are three wonderful gospel truths in Simeon's prophecies I want us to look at. These truths remind us of why Christmas is such a meaningful time of the year because God sent his servant, his chosen one, his only begotten son, to enter into human history to die on the cross for our sins, so that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And see, that's the gospel according to Christmas in a single sentence. So today, let's look at Simeon's prophecy and the truths that he spoke about Jesus. And there are three of them. First of all, he said, because of Jesus, we know that everything can be all right. When you listen to Simeon's words, you can hear how overcome he was with peace and optimism and assurance. And these words are especially beautiful in the old King James Version of the Bible. Lord, let us thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. 
For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles, and the glory of thy people Israel. Simeon was saying that this little child is the hope for all of humanity, the Savior of all people, every nation, every generation. He's also the light to the Gentiles and the glory of the people of Israel. And most of all, he's the plan of salvation for the entire human race. Now, many people think that the world is a terrible place and it's only going to get worse and the days are dark and the end is near and people are bad and they're only getting worse. And so it's all going to come crashing down around us because we're on a collision course to self-destruction. Now, some people believe that. And they actually quote chapter and verse from the Bible when they talk about it. But friends, that's not all there is. Yes, the Bible talks about some pretty dark days in human history, but that's not the end. Persecution is not the end of the story. Martyrdom is not the end of the story. Oppression and opposition and failure and defeat are not the end of the story. Tribulation is not the end of the story. What is the end of the story? Simply this. It's ultimate and complete victory through Jesus the Christ for all of God's people. It is eternal peace and never-ending joy for all of God's people. When the Bible talks about the last days, it uses some imagery and symbolism that I'm not always sure how to interpret, even though I've been a Bible teacher for many, many years. But here's something that requires no special interpretation. These words spell out God's future plans, and they come from Revelation chapter 21. Verses 3 and 4. Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Now that is God's ultimate plan. And it was set in motion on that silent night 2,000 plus years ago when Jesus, the Christ, came into the world to redeem all who wish to be redeemed. Because of Jesus, everything will be all right in the grand scheme of things. Even though we suffer trials and tribulations in this life, even when the world kind of creaks and groans in pain, even though there is much wrong with what we see around us, we can know that God is directing the course of human history in the direction of ultimate victory and eternal joy for his people. I also want you to realize that this isn't just pie-in-the-sky promises, as if we only have the distant future to look forward to. We have that, but there's so much more than that. The Christian life is not just about gathering together in heaven at the end of time. The Christian life is about living in victory today, even in the midst of the turmoil of this life. We can gain glimpses of the glory of God that he has in store for us as he empowers us to be overcomers today. Who can forget Romans 8.28? God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes for them. I mean, even today we can be sure that according to Romans 8.31 and 32, if God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? And even today we can say that according to Romans 8.37, Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Do you know what the gospel according to Christmas is? It's the promise that because of Jesus, everything will be all right. If you're ready to plug your life into his, you can experience the overwhelming victory that he's promised to his people then and also now.
Here's the second thing. Because of Jesus, your life can be full of light. Simeon called this baby Jesus a light to reveal God to the nations and the glory of your people Israel. Do you want to know what God is really like? I've had people ask me that every once in a while. What, what's God really like? My simple answer is read the Gospels. Pay attention to everything Jesus says. Watch closely everything he does because he is the exact representation of God. He told his followers in John 14, Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. He said to his critics in the temple of Jerusalem, I and the Father are one. John said of him in chapter 1, He is the true light that lighteth the world. Every man which, let me repeat that. John said that he is the true light which lighteth every man that come, which cometh into the world. Jesus came into the world to die on the cross for our sins to pay the price for our salvation so that we could live forever in heaven in his presence. But you know, that's not all. He came to show us what God is really like. He came to teach us how to know God and follow God and love God, and how to love ourselves and how to love others and how to be a servant and live a life that makes a difference. <clears throat> he came to teach us how to live. Those who follow his teachings live in light. If you want to know what living in darkness is like, refuse to forgive others. If you want to know what living in darkness is like, be selfish with your money. If you want to know what darkness is like, like live only to please yourself. Do this and you'll end up walking through life like you're stumbling through a dark cave. The Apostle John said God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. In 1 John chapter 1 it says, But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. I've seen this happen enough times that I can say it with assurance. When you walk with Jesus, you make better decisions. You have better relationships. You experience more victory over sin. And when you fall, you get back on your feet faster. People who walk with Jesus discover the world is full of light. That's what we learn in the Gospel according to Christmas in Simeon's prophecy. <clears throat> Jesus came to be a light to the nations. That includes you, specifically in your day-to-day -day existence. And third, because of Jesus, everyone must make a choice. In verses 34 and 35 of our text, it says, Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, but he'll be a joy to many others. He's been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. Because of Jesus, everything will be all right? Yes. Because of Jesus, your life can be full of light? Yes. For who? Well, for those who choose Jesus. Earlier I quoted the book of Revelation and the promise that every tear will be wiped away and death and pain will be done away with. The book of Revelation also tells us that there will be those who will spend an eternity as separated from God. Now what's the determining factor? Well, it's your choice. Where you spend eternity and how you live your life is ultimately up to you. Each person must decide what he or she will do with Jesus. Will you accept him or will you reject him? 
Will you believe in him or will you dismiss him? Will you follow him or will you ignore him? Everyone must choose what they will do in response to Jesus. Now some people have asked, well, what about those who live on the backside of the backside and never heard about Jesus? What about them? Well, the short answer is I don't know exactly how that works, but I know that God's got it covered. One thing we learn about God from reading the Gospels is that our God is always just, always fair, always merciful. He also said in Jeremiah 29:13, If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Everything I know about God tells me that everyone gets a fair chance to know him and follow him. No one will stumble their way unknowingly into hell any more than they stumble their way into heaven. Everyone gets a choice. That includes you. So the question is, friend, what are you going to do? Jesus said, he who is not with me is against me. He also said, whoever is not against us is for us. He's saying that you can't ride the fence. You're either in or you're out, moving forward or backwards. You're either walking toward the light or heading toward darkness. You have to choose in two ways. First, you need to make that decision to ask Jesus to come into your life and forgive your sins and be your Lord and Savior. That comes through the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And I'm sure most people that are listening to this message have already done this. But secondly, you need to make the daily decision that you will live in the light that you will follow the way, that you will move in God's direction. This is a choice that every person must make each and every day of their lives. You remember what I said earlier about Amazon's performance on the stock market? You know, the company went public about 15 or so years ago at the price of $18 a share. I wish I'd have bought it back then. I think of this last week, if I was correct, the stock is valued at closer to 250 give or take a few dollars. That's pretty significant growth, but it hasn't always been a steady increase. There have been ups and downs, and along the way many people got fed up and sold their stake in the company and invested something more attractive like Enron. But those who weathered the dips ended up doing well, and today they would certainly tell you that it was worth it. Simeon would tell you the same thing. He spent his whole life waiting to see God's Messiah. And just before he died, he got a glimpse and I'm sure he would tell you it was worth it. It's the same in your spiritual experience, in my spiritual experience. The Christian life is not a sprint. It's not the spiritual equivalent of, of a get-rich-quick scheme. It's a marathon. It's a long-term investment. Because of Jesus, everything will be all right. We have been promised the glory of heaven. No more tears, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more death, but never-ending joy and eternal happiness. We experience glimpses of that glory even today, but today is nothing compared to what lies ahead. Because of Jesus, your life can be full of light. You can know God personally and walk with him each and every day. You don't have to stumble through the darkness of sin and uncertainty because he brings the light of truth into your life. And so, because of Jesus, you must make a choice what you will do with your life. He is the dividing line between the light and the dark, between happiness and misery, between heaven and hell. That is why I say that he is the inescapable Jesus, because everyone must choose how they will respond to him. It is my prayer that today you will look at this child and say, I choose Jesus to be my salvation and light.
my future, and my hope. Until next time, friends, see the vision, live the mission, feel the passion. God bless.